On this week's episode, we welcome Pastor Bernard and Julian Mack. We all know people, I don't care what our profession is, that love to drink. We see them at the bars, we see them at parties, and we notice this behavior. They can be really sloppy with it. And one of the, uh, I think relapsing is one of the biggest challenges many in addiction recovery face, both during and after the rehab. They have this craving, this stress, this anxiety, and old acquaintances, I mean, all can be potential threats when you're trying to stay sober. Just seeing someone drink, something upsetting you. And so we've invited um, Pastor Bernard um, back to join us because he has his own personal story to tell. And then Julian Mack um, uh, talks often about recovering from alcoholism. And, and I'm telling you, it impacts you. I, we Listen, you can't wake up the next morning. Can't get to work on time. I mean, it does. It, and you, it just takes control of you. And it's not that people want to be addicted. They just find it very difficult to overcome it. So Pastor, you have a very interesting story to tell. Your own personal struggle with it in your own family. Well, I'm, I'm glad you added the word family. It sounded like I was struggling with it. Uh, thank God that I'm not. Uh, Armstrong, again, uh, uh, a blessing to be with you on your program. Uh, but on my wife's side of the family, uh, her uncles, her, her father, her grandfather, uh, her aunts, her cousins, um, it's just a, a line of individuals who were addicted to alcohol. And when our boys were young, we told them the stories of, uh, you know, her side of the family and about alcoholism. And we warned them that the propensity towards it is genetic in our family. And they have to make a decision that they will not fall prey to it. Unfortunately, you know, um, my middle sons, two of them are now struggling uh, with alcoholism. And, you know, addictive behavior, Armstrong, not only affects the individual, but affects the family uh, at large. As human beings, we have lives. We have, we, we have this need for pleasure and, and mastery. Uh, we have desires. And we have to, as human beings, step aside, or should I say step back, and ask the question, should we act on these desires? Should we act on these drives? And too often we don't, we let ourselves go, or we get caught up in experimentation and we find ourselves victim to substance that begins to affect uh, us emotionally, mentally, motivationally, and, and physically. So let me, let me just stay with you a moment, because obviously, I know you as a businessman and as a pastor, but also as a parent, you've seen the hope that maybe the cycle has been broken. Maybe they have finally found a way to kick this habit, or at least it subsides, but then all of a sudden it can change on a dime. What can you share with us about those challenges of, in your own family, of what may have worked, didn't work long enough, of what may continue to work? Well, you know, one of my sons actually went into a program as an alternative to incarceration 
because of a uh, DWI charge. And he, you know, went throughout that program for nine months, came out, and he assimilated nicely back into uh, society, back into the family, his own family, uh, his wife and his children. But in 19, I'm sorry, 19, in 2015, his older brother, our firstborn son, he passed from an asthma attack. And that shook him to the core because they were very, very close. And he couldn't cope with the death of his brother, our firstborn son. And that's when he once again turned back to alcohol to anesthetize the pain, the hurt, the emotions that he was experiencing. You know, Julian, you know, uh, man, alcohol is a serious drug. It sounds like it's more serious than marijuana and all these other drugs that have been illegal for a long time. What is it about this drug that makes it so addictive? The first thing I'd like to just underline and point out is the fact that alcohol is a drug. There's a lot of times where we don't, um, where we somehow miss that point, I think culturally and as a society. Um, there was a point less than 100 years ago where alcohol was illegal. Um, and I think it's important to look at the, what the historical context of alcohol, uh, specifically in America. I mean, really the only amendments that we've uh, gone back the other way with have had to do with alcohol and the prohibition of alcohol. Um, so realizing that it is a drug, realizing the impact that uh, prohibition has had, uh, positive and negative, um, and dealing with uh, substance abuse is, 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 I think, very important. But um, it, it was mentioned a bit earlier, and, and I think it's important to underline it, is that uh, most addictive behavior stems from trauma, right? And the substance, whether it's alcohol or uh, any other drug, uh, is used to cope with life. So it's important to get at the root of the issue. Um, the substance abuse is, is a symptom, which causes, of course, more issues in life. But uh, if, unless we deal with the core issues of the trauma in the first place, it, it's often really easy to see someone uh, get back in that cycle and to relapse. But what about the consequences in the long run if you don't conquer it, or at least ease it, the health consequences, just everyday living consequences. Well, I mean, I think that's what, what makes uh, an addict an addict is regardless of the consequences they continue to use um, or would continue to use it in spite of the consequences. That is what makes uh, addiction addiction is the failure to be able to recall into memory and, and to have your behavior um, impacted and affected by the consequences of, of a decision. And that's why I think it's so important that we look at the root of these problems, um, which is often trauma. Pastor, I believe this, that many people are alcoholics and have the drug addiction, I either won't admit it or just are not aware of it. I refuse to believe that they're an addict. That is so true when it comes to addiction because I've found that people who have addictions tend to deny that they have an addiction. They tend to believe that they have power over it. 
and yet they continue to surrender to the influence uh, of that addiction in ways that is self-destructive and destructive to those around them. You know, you, you, you don't beat addictions with, with willpower. Uh, we live in, 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 a, in a Western ethos of the I, and I can do everything by myself, but that's not true. You know, a, a person who is in that kind of prison needs someone to help them unlock the door of that prison and help them walk out. But too often, they deeply believe and are convinced either that they don't have a problem, that they can control it, or they like it, uh, or they believe that they can get out on their own. Alcohol delivery services to your home are merging at a rapid pace. Yeah, delivering it to your home, especially during COVID, helping you cope. Anyone can order it, they basically just have to say, you're 21 years older, but they don't really ask for your, too much for your ID. At least some of them just don't even ask because they want to make that money. So let me go back to Julia Mack. For those that are listening, and in denial, now I'm not in denial, I never had a drink, so I'm okay. But what are the telltale signs when you've got a problem, Julia? Start drinking and you can't stop, or you can't control the amount that you drink um, or use, it's a problem. And that goes for really any substance. Um, that is addictive behavior. And, and, and when you're participating in that, um, usually it's a sign that there's some hole on the inside of you that you're trying to feel or cover up with a substance. Right? And, and so it's important to uh, get help. With most people who suffer from addiction, um, very few uh, can solve that issue in solitude. You know, also, um, the thing that I notice are mood swings. There are some serious mood swings, chronic, progressive relapse, and you can see it. They try to cover. They, you can tell they're not as honest and forthcoming as they once were. In fact, it's as if, are you the same person, pastor, have you known anyone at any story about how those have been, how they have been able to overcome it? And what was the blueprint for it? Well, you know, Armstrong, there is a school of thought and, and I tend to agree based upon my 42 years in ministry and dealing with people who have been uh, trapped in substance abuse. Uh, and that is that you, you, you never really eliminate the addictive behavior in your life, what you tend to do is redirect it. Mm. Uh, your, your, your guest uh, so appropriately pointed to trauma as the root cause. Uh, in, in my son's case, it was the, the death of uh, his, his older brother that he was very close to. So we need to be conscious of moments of stress, anxiety, loneliness, loss, disappointment, boredom, where we turn to a substance and end up abusing it in order to anesthetize ourselves to the pain associated with those feelings and those experiences. So you can put something between you and your addiction that, that has meaning, that, 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 that gives a sense of connection. That alone is not enough. They also have to have a support system around them of people that they trust, systems and structures in place to protect themselves from going back into that uh, abusive situation. You know, um, 
the National Institute of Health reported alcohol consumption during the COVID-19 pandemic increased significantly because of stress and how people deal with stress and difficulties. Um, also, uh, Nielsen data March showed a 54% increase in alcohol sales and a 524% increase in online, online alcohol sales. It could almost indicate that America has an alcohol problem. In fact, alcohol addiction is the, one of the few issues in America today that people don't blame on race. I never hear the issue of race mentioned when we talk about alcoholism. And what is interesting when we talk about drugs and gateway drugs, alcohol use is a serious gateway drug to serious narcotics that is often overlooked. I would love to jump in right here because I do believe that alcohol is, uh, as a, alcohol abuse is as American as apple pie, right? Um, if you look at the founding of this country, if you look at Again, the, the the only constitutional amendment that's ever been repealed, that's ever been enacted and repealed, had to do with alcohol. When you look at every step of development in American history, alcohol is there. Um, and, and so the way that we tend to use and abuse alcohol in America is, um, I would say, unique. Alcohol in America uh, is in American history has always been intertwined and the way that Americans abuse alcohol has always been in, is, is, is always uh, connected. And it's something that we have failed to admit, I think sociologically as a country, uh, what's, how it's an issue with our culture. And I think that's one of the barriers some people have when it comes to uh, individual recovery is uh, folks will just say, oh, it's just alcohol. Uh, when alcohol is as dangerous uh, as really any drug out there, and, and, and it is even a struggle sometimes to get folks to realize that alcohol is a drug. It's not just uh, as American okay. as American Pie and Chevrolet. You got to also include alcohol. I, I'm strong. If I, if I may jump on, jump in the conversation also and, and just piggyback on, 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 on your guests, uh, Julian Mack. Um, you know, he referred earlier, earlier on back to prohibition and prohibition in the United States was a national ban on the sale, production and transportation of alcohol. It was called the dry movement. And it only lasted 13 years uh, because what it actually did was usher in, usher in alcohol consumption, uh, a raise in immorality, a rise in immorality. Uh, it created organized crime. Uh, it caused massive political corruption. And, and it jaded many people towards religion because evangelicals are the ones who pushed for prohibition. So when we look back at the economics of alcoholism, we can understand why it's still here. It's legal, it's socially acceptable as opposed to, to uh, uh, drugs. So even though it is a drug, but the economics of it is what continues to drive it, Armstrong. Thank you all for joining us. I'm Armstrong Williams. listening to this week's episode.